This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey friends, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. This episode of the podcast is supported by Lagoon. Unlock your optimal rest and recovery by going to lagoonsleep.com and taking the two-minute sleep quiz to find the Lagoon pillow matched to you and be entered to win a Gen 3 Aura Ring. Use the code Lindsay at checkout for an exclusive 15% off your order. Best pillow ever. All right, everybody, today we are wrapping up. This week we're wrapping up the New York City Marathon recap series. And this is a great episode. It's a perfect episode for Giving Tuesday, which is today. Today, my conversation is with Courtney Yanachi, who is the acting chief of staff at Every Mother Counts. Many of you probably know that I ran the New York City Marathon for Every Mother Counts and raised money for them as I was training. Thanks to so many of you, we've raised over $10,000 for Every Mother Counts. And I'm just so honored to be a part of that organization and coaching their charity teams and being able to fundraise myself. And I'm so grateful that... So many listeners stepped up and supported the cause. I do want to let you know today being Giving Tuesday, they are getting their donations matched up to $25,000 today. So if you go donate to Every Mother Counts today, uh, your donation will be matched. It's everymothercounts.org is their website. I will put links to everything on my website, sandyboyproductions.com. My fundraising link is actually live until November 30th. So You still have today to get that done if you want to take part in that collective effort. So Courtney ran her first ever marathon in New York City for Every Mother Counts as an employee of Every Mother Counts. And in this episode, we talk about what that first marathon experience was like for her. And also, we get into a little more depth about what she does for Every Mother Counts and what the organization does as a whole in providing safe maternal care for people around the world, including people right here in the United States as well. Uh, All right, friends, let's get inspired. If you know anybody who hasn't run their first marathon but wants to, this is a great episode for them to listen to. And if you are contemplating running your first marathon, I hope this inspires you. Uh, All right, enjoy my conversation with Courtney. All right, today on I'll Have Another, part of our New York City Marathon series, I am so honored to have Courtney Yanachi on the show. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Uh, first New York City Marathon, first marathon. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I still feel like it was a dream, kind of, but um, we did it. <laughs> you you ran pretty strong, too. Like, Didn't you say you didn't really feel much pain until the last 10K? Yeah, I up until mile 20, I was feeling really good. And I was actually surprised at my consistent pace. um, And how yeah, smiley even I was at mile 20. I figured by then, because we have we had a cheering section at mile 20. I figured by then I'd be like, get me out of here. But I was ready to keep going. And then I hit a wall. (laughs) Oh, it's so hard. Um, That cheering section that Courtney is talking about is the every mother counts cheering section. And when I saw them at mile 19, 
I gave uh, Janae a really sweaty hug, and I think she was probably like, uh, and I was like, I'm so miserable. Get me out of here. Um, and then Judy, one of the women that I've coached a couple times now with Every Mother Counts was there, and that was really special. It was a huge relief to see them right before the bridge right there. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I was counting down the miles until I could see them, and my mom and my dad were there, so I was able to give them some extra love. So, I mean... I've always been um, on the cheering side of things, and now I fully understand um, the importance that that plays um, in being a race doula, as we call it at Every Mother Counts, because they definitely helped me and pushed me to get to the finish. Uh, So tell everybody what you do for Every Mother Counts. So I'm currently in an acting chief of staff position. I've worked as the um, director of development and engagement previously, Um, and as I still continue to do that role in development, I'm in this acting chief of staff role, but it's going to be permanent in, in January. Um, so I've been with the organization, every mother counts now for nearly six years, um, and have always worked really closely on our fundraising events and community engagement activities, which a large part of that is our, is our running program. Yeah. Uh, what did you do before every mother counts? Good question. I actually have a um, business degree with a um, concentration in marketing. And so I worked in a corporate sales job in Baltimore. Okay. Um, and was basically selling ad space for professional associations. And it was the typical, you know, cold calling, having to hit a quota of calls and quota in sales um, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Um and I just wasn't cut out for it. I was good at it, but my my soul and my heart wasn't. <laughs> it thickens your skin real quick, though. Like to have right. to cold call. To cold call and to have your boss oftentimes sit in a cubicle to hear your cold calls and oh. give you feedback. Um, and to have to role play in front of the entire company. I mean, it taught me a lot, though, at a very, I mean, I was in my early 20s, mid 20s. Um and yeah, I really say I grew up in that job because, yeah, I had to had to really put myself out there. <laughs> How valuable, though, for what you're doing now? Exactly. I mean, at first, when I started with EMC, it was more in a volunteer kind of consulting, how can I help um, type of role. And it didn't take long before I realized how transferable my skills were from the sales career um, and building relationships mm-hmm. and how that could really apply to my work at Every Mother Counts and is really my favorite part of the job is building building relationships with our community and hearing their stories and, and you know, just, just continuing to grow a community. Um, I was like, oh, okay, so that you know, that those sales and all of the kind of difficult times I had <laughs> taught me a lot and, and really, I think, set me up for, for my career here. Yeah, I think that one of the hardest things as a professional and you learn as you get a little bit older is like people are going to tell you no sometimes and it like is really, it's really hard to hear no and it's also makes it hard to ask for things and working for an organization like Every Mother Counts though, where it's like, no, I wholeheartedly believe in every single thing we're doing. It makes it a lot easier to make the ask. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't even feel like an ask because it's, it's, you know, it's a mission. It's, Mm -hmm. it's trying to improve lives, you know? And so it's just really, um, educating folks about the issue of maternal health. And then it's kind of, it clicks, you know, and that's how, 
Um, yeah, it's so different than having to pick up a phone and say, hey, this is why you should place yeah. an app website, you know. Um, uh, so everybody's heard my Every Mother Counts spiel because I fundraised for Every Mother Counts this year for the New York City Marathon as well and had the awesome opportunity to coach hundreds of men and women on the teams, which is so fun. Big Sur, Chicago, and the New York City Marathon. Um, and I, you know, I always say like every mother counts is working to provide safe and equitable and respectful maternal care for women around the world. And that's kind of my go-to line that I spit out, you know, but what, it, what do you say when you explain what you all do, uh, with every mother counts? Yeah. I mean, definitely, um, what you, what you zeroed in on around, you know, improving access to safe respectful, equitable, equitable maternity care for every woman and birthing person around the world. And I would say, you know, since our founding, we've continuously tried to work towards a world where um, everyone has the option to choose the maternity care that's right for them, you know, in a place where they feel safe, feel respected, where their voices are heard, um, and working towards a world where, you know, someone's race, culture, ethnicity doesn't um, affect their their birth options or their birth experience. Um, so yeah, we really advocate for the fact that maternal health is a human right um, and support work that's you know propelling that forward. And how many countries are you all in? Uh, right now, we are in thirteen countries, um, and about so we give out grants uh, to community based organizations, and about fifty percent of our funding is. Um, towards programs based in the United States, and the other 50% is uh, supporting our global partners. Um, so we do a lot of work here in the United States, but also around the world. And I love that, and you correct me if I say anything wrong, <laughs> but I love that you go into the communities and you empower the people who are already living in those communities to provide services that are needed. Exactly, yep. So we really invest in... Um, programs and really community leaders that are are serving oftentimes historically marginalized communities. And so it's really about um, uplifting the, the models of care that they're already doing um, and continuing to invest in that because, um, you know, each, each initiative that we are investing in is really person-centered. And so back to about what Every Mother Counts does, it's about you know, providing people with the options um, that are that are right for them in a safe and respectful way. So really identifying these community par based partners um, that are delivering high impact, you know, cost effective care um, is really, I would say, been kind of the sweet spot of Every Mother Counts over the years. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that fundraise for you all like have a personal story that ties them to why they've realized how important that is. And, you know, I thought about it a lot. I've had four kids. I've had very safe experiences, uh, respectful experiences. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it was just so easy for me. And, mm -hmm. you know, my first baby was a C-section and it was um, I elected to do that because he was breech. Well, actually, the hospital I delivered at wouldn't even deliver a breech baby. But it was just like it was such a simple process. It was like, OK, well, you'll just get your surgery and everything will be be easy. And it was easy. And I think sometimes we take that for granted. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I mean, 
Um, a big part of why I ran this race is because, you know, over the years working with the runners um, who are running on behalf of Every Mother Counts, it's so much more than the physical aspect of it. Of course, there's the training and the running and and getting your body, you know, in the in the right uh, in the right space to be able to run 26 miles. But a lot of it is the the mental and the emotional. And so many people who come to us to run for us is because they've experienced um, they've had an experience, uh, whether it's during pregnancy or childbirth or postpartum, um, where they feel like this running component has become an outlet and a way for them to either share their story or connect with others who have maybe experienced something similar to what they have as well. So it's so empowering. Um, it's so incredible to see folks take you know their experience and turn it into action and advocacy and one way they're doing that is through running um and so that's what's re been really inspiring and why after six years working here i finally was like all right <laughs> do the marathon I heard so many stories and i want to run this for each one of those um women that have told and shared their story with me um because i know it's not easy to do and you know, we really, we really want to continue to make um, sure that women feel like they're in a place where they can advocate for themselves. And so um, it was really an honor to, to run this race on behalf of all of those women that I've met in my, in my time here who um, have shared their experience with me. Yeah. And so you threw like the pasta party the night before, two nights before with everybody. And were you like, oh, great, I'm one of you this time. <laughs> it was so weird being on the other side because typically I'm giving a pep talk. Um, and this time I was still giving it, but also. <laughs> <myself>. <laughs> um, and it's just really cool to have been on the runner side of things because you really I've always felt the community, but you really felt that community spirit and and really um coming together and and instantly having a bond with someone because you're about to undertake this journey um of running a marathon with them for an organization that you care so deeply about so it was really special being on the other side of or on the runner side of things so tell us about the first time experience we said you didn't really feel pain much until the last 10k but like you live in Brooklyn, so that had to be cool, running through Brooklyn. What was your favorite part? Um, the Brooklyn part was definitely my favorite. I would say we, so EMC also had a cheering section around mile seven. Um, and so the energy there was crazy because at that point, the heat and the humidity was definitely starting to kick in or have an effect on me. Um, so that gave me an extra boost. And then I would say around the Fort Greene Park area, it was just a huge block party. I mean, the runners had to like narrow into kind of a single oh, line yes. because yes. everyone was in the streets and cheering and it felt like you were the star of a parade. And yeah. I was like, this is great. I can keep going. And so the adrenaline really, I think, propelled me forward until about mile 20, um, where then it was the mental battle because my body started to tire um, it was raining a little bit. So my feet were wet. I was just uncomfortable, you know, people around you, you can tell aren't feeling great either. <laughs> um, and so it became this mental battle for the last six miles to just continue going. I was like, just don't stop. Just don't stop. If you walk, it's fine. Just yeah. don't stop. Just don't stop. And that's literally, I turn everything into song. <laughs> that's kind of my, my thing. I'm around my house all day singing. Um, and so I was just creating songs that were matching the rhythm mm. of my, 
of my of my steps to keep me going and just to keep my brain a little bit distracted from the pain that my body was experiencing. Um, so it was hard, but crossing that finish line, there's no feeling like it. <laughs> did you listen to music? I did up until about mile 18, where I ran into a, a group of my friends and I went to hug them and they knocked my AirPods <gasps> out. And I didn't realize it um, until about, oh my I don't gosh. know, blocks away and I was like oh well I gotta keep going and like Um, bye-bye airpods bye-bye airpods they luckily grabbed them oh they found them had them yes they basically fell into my friend's arms um but yeah I continued the last you know eight miles or so without music which was really at first I was like no it felt devastating yeah Um, but then it was really cool because I felt fully immersed in the energy and the crowds and the people um and so I think in the end, it was a bit of a blessing to be able to fully experience it with no, you know, other destruction. I agree, especially in New York. I just, yep. I think you miss a lot if you have headphones on. I know a lot of people listening probably do wear headphones. And I think in a smaller marathon, it makes more sense. But New York, Chicago, Boston, I don't know. And when we were in Chicago cheering for people, people like wouldn't even like register us because they were like, you know, they had their music on. And I was like, hey, I don't want to waste my screams on you because you can't hear me. <laughs> I know in the zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's so that sounds like such a good first marathon experience, though. Did that rain feel good? It started raining right as I was finishing. It felt really good. Yeah, it felt really good. It was too short, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two minutes and I was like, keep going. Yes. Um, but by the time we got into like East Side Manhattan, it was already, it was already gone. But it did feel good. Yeah, it was a very refreshing. Like, oh my gosh, this relief. But I'm almost done now. So <laughs> thanks a lot. You should have been here an hour ago. Exactly. Um, Harlem, I love. I think Harlem. <laughs> well, Brooklyn's awesome, but I think Harlem might be my favorite part because it's closer to the end, and yeah. the party <laughs> is. I think it's just as good as Brooklyn. It is. It actually is. And um, you really feel the spirit of the, of each of the boroughs. I don't know how to describe it. Like you feel the Brooklyn spirit, you feel the Harlem mm-hmm. spirit. And so yeah, it was really, that was a really good one as well. I think I was more in, I was in more pain during yeah. that, that part. So um, that was probably my primary focus at the time. But yeah, that was a good, that was a good spot as well. Now, did you see your husband on the course? I did. I saw him twice twice yep um he actually made like custom shirts for my cheering squad to to wear and that was really special see my problem when I see my husband is I that's when I can like fall apart and so Uh then I get like I get to be like my weakest self around him so that always like throws me for a curveball when I see him in a marathon because I'm like wait you can't fall apart right now you have like you have to get to the finish line yep I would say there is a little bit of that, but I'm also super competitive. Okay. I would say one of my worst traits is how competitive is. I one of my best traits is how competitive I am. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, when I see him and we're super competitive with one another, so when I see him, I'm like, all right, I gotta keep going because he he just kind of gives me that energy of you know you got this, you're not gonna quit. Um, and he promised me he'd run a marathon mm. if I finish. So that was also very motivating. <laughs> and you're gonna be the cheerleader for that one. Be the cheerleader, yes. Now, what kind of finish line person are you? Do you cry? Arms up? I did arms up, and then I think I—I I don't even know. I think I just was smiling. I didn't cry. Okay. Um, 
but I was so happy. Like, I just remember having the biggest smile on my face and I was sending everyone pictures. And they're like, I can't believe you're smiling. And I just felt overcome with just happiness and um, like proud, very mm-hmm. proud of myself and everyone that was there. It's just, you're smiling at everyone around you because you're all in the same, you're experiencing the same moment together. Um, and so, yes, I was a very happy finisher because it was over. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. You're fin- you're experiencing the exact same moment. You all just went through those 26 miles together. Yep. yep. So, some people are hurting worse than others, but everybody, that's the other cool thing. You have no idea what that other person's story is that's right next to you. What their journey is. And that's really... I would say the beauty as well, running with every mother counts and how big our team has has grown in size is I ran into so many, mm. some that I hadn't met before, many that I hadn't met before, um, where it's just like, oh my gosh, every mother counts. And I ran into two, I think in the last, like the Central Park. Oh, fit. fun. And we were all hurting, but mm-hmm. it was just- it just felt like a shared, you know, we're in this together. We got this. We were able to give each other a pep talk. I had never met this individual. Um, but you're sharing in an experience in such a unique way because you're both running for a cause and have chosen to dedicate this marathon to an organization. And that was a huge motivator for me um, is seeing the runners along the course and, you know, seeing how much they're showing up. It really gave me the drive to keep going. Will you do another one? (laughs) I don't know yet. I'm not saying no, but I'm saying yes. I would say going back to my kind of competitive nature, I now am like, all right, now that I have one under my belt, I know what I have to improve on, Uh do better. And I feel like I could shave a lot of time off my, off my marathon time. So it's probably likely, but I don't want to commit myself to it. Yeah. (laughs) hey friends a quick break here to thank our presenting sponsor for this new york city recap series lagoon i have searched and searched and searched for an amazing pillow and i've never been able to find one and lagoon is the answer this pillow is custom to my needs because you fill out a quiz and they direct you to the specific pillow for your needs. What their quiz will help you do is guide you to the type of pillow you need, the firmness. They even have a pillow that has a cooling mechanism, and so if you want a cooler pillow, that's what the Otter does. Um, You can unlock your optimal rest and recovery by going to lagoonsleep.com, take their two-minute quiz, find the Lagoon pillow matched to you, And then you're also entered to win their Gen 3 Aura Ring. So when you go to checkout, just use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, and that'll get you 15% off your first order. And the other cool thing is they allow you to add and remove fill to your pillow to get it just perfect for you. So I have a little extra filling for my pillow just in case I want to add more. And I think I have it to the most perfect level possible but i love that go to lagoonsleep.com to get started and use that code Lindsay at checkout for an exclusive 15 percent off your first order own your rest with lagoon all right friends back to the show no i totally know tell us what your like history with running is though i mean not there barely is a history with running i would say i was always a you know i would go on a two mile jog or um, if I'm in a workout class and there's a treadmill component, I would be able to do it, but I never, I never really had a positive relationship with running mm. for me. It felt like 
something that had to be done, you know, for exercise or, and it just wasn't my favorite form of exercise. And so it's funny because when I started at Every Mother Counts, I was like, everyone here is so obsessed with running. Like, <laughs> what? what is it? And I'll never be able to get on board with it. I don't understand. Um, and then over time, obviously working with the runners and hearing, you know, what motivates them and what they get out of running, that's far more than just exercise. I was like, huh, and so I actually ran my first kind of official race in Tanzania with Every Mother Counts in February. Okay. Um, we go there to visit um, our grantee partners. And every time we're in Tanzania, we try to uh, base it around the Kilimanjaro half marathon and marathon. And so I hadn't really trained for it. I was still doing my casual running. And it was, I would say, a very life-changing experience. Oh for many different reasons. And one that I think made me feel like, okay, running, it's so much bigger than running. It's so much bigger than the, you know, exercise, the physical component of it. It really is. And I hadn't ever felt it until that moment. Um, being in Tanzania, running in, in, you know, at the base of the mountain and seeing the community there on the sidelines cheering you on. And oftentimes we had one, um, he hadn't, he couldn't be, older than seven years old, um, run the race with me and two other EMC runners the entire time. Wow. The whole half marathon in Crocs. And he fully did it because, you know, for them, this is a huge part. This is a huge day. And they love the experience and the community feeling and the celebration. And so, um, yeah, I just, something in me clicked that day. And I was like, this is just, this is bigger than the running part. And I couldn't explain it. And so, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to run the New York City Marathon. So that was really my history with running. I mean, very casual. I somehow did the the half, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but a lot of it, the whole first half is uphill. So you really kind of walk and then you run downhill. So it was a, actually a good first race. Um, but yeah, something changed to me that day. That That's very indescribable to be like, all right, I can do this. Um, so I did. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people who wouldn't self-describe themselves as runners have that same feeling. Like, I run because I need to move my body. I run because, you know, a lot of people say, like, it was the punishment for my other sports when you you were late or whatever. And do you think that it's changed for you now? I think so. I'm so excited to be um, on the other side of training, but in a space where, you know, I've I've – there's the endurance. I have the endurance now to run, but now I'm able to do it for me. And it's become such a place where for me, I go on a run now to like mentally work through things in my head. And it's just become my quiet time, my time to process things. I feel like I come up with the most ideas or most creative ideas on my runs now because it's become just an outlet for me to be able to process things in a way that I think otherwise I hadn't had um especially during you know the pandemic and you know how that affected everyone and having to be indoors and you know not having that outlet I don't think I was able to find it um and I think I found it in running that's way beyond of course it's nice to move my body and I know the importance of that um but for me I crave the running now for that time with my thoughts with my ideas um and yeah, it's really become kind of more like ceremonial for me in a way. Um, so it's become special, which I really am. So that's probably the best thing I've gotten out of this whole experience is 
is that part. I love that. You know, one of the things I struggle with though, is I feel like I can conquer the world and I have all of the best ideas and I can even use fundraising for every mother counts. Like I would be Mm -hmm. on runs and I would be like, oh my gosh, I should do this to fundraise. I should do this. I should do that. And then I get home and it just kind of like sort of unravels and I forget, or I don't have the passion or the energy that I had when I was five miles into an eight mile run. And I'm like, there are people out there that can then transfer that. And I need them to somehow teach me that. Yeah. Do you experience that? I do. I do. But I think because I was running for the organization I also work for, it's so ingrained in my everyday Mm. life, I would say. So for me, the ideas that I came up with were always almost always related to my work at every yeah. mother. And so it was a little bit more natural to, to um, yeah, integrate those ideas or continue to push them forward because of my work at EMC. But yeah, I think just continuing to get out there to continue working through those ideas is the most important part. Yeah. Oftentimes I'm like, I wish I had my computer with me and I could just like stop and do like 30 minutes really quick to like execute something and then, and then finish my run. <laughs> Um, so, uh, every mother counts with New York city alone, we raised what, like over $380,000. It was a lot. We're at $403,000 as of this morning. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Cause donations are still rolling in through the end of November. Still rolling in end of November tomorrow. Um, the 29th of November is giving Tuesday. Yep. And so we feel like that's another big day or a big push to motivate you know, your community to donate towards your race. Um, so yeah, donations are still still coming in, but $400,000 is, I mean, it's mind blowing. It's been incredible to see. For one success. race too. Race, for I mean, one race. That's how important these races are to nonprofits like Every Mother Counts. I mean, and you want to talk about like the Boston Marathon and races like that where you can't you can get in through a charity bib and the millions of dollars that are donated to nonprofits is it's like so huge. I mean, to date, our our races alone have contributed over six million dollars wow. towards towards our programs, which is just incredible. I mean, when when this kind of running part of the work happened, it was because, you know, the New York City Marathon reached out, I think it was in 2011 or 2012, and it was like, do you want 10 spots as a charity? And I remember at the time, we're hearing the story back, um, folks being like, yeah, let's let's do it. And then quickly, it turned into this movement and this connection between, you know, pregnancy and, and childbirth and postpartum to a marathon. And those two experiences, um, you know, being being connected or, or feeling uh, similar to one another for for women, um, and so it quickly built into this huge part of who we are, and it's really ingrained into our DNA. Um, and yeah, I would say that's probably true for all charities and how important it is, not even for the dollars raised, but the awareness aspect. I mean, yeah, I can't tell you how many times I'm wearing my singlet on a run and you see someone staring at you and kind of processing what your shirt says. And then they'll be like, Oh, every mother does count. Oh, that's like one of the best feelings. And I, I, the amount of times people yell, every mother counts at you during the marathon, or at least they did during the marathon that goes such a long way too. Cause you hope that person walks away. And, and if they hadn't known about every mother counts, they're walking away thinking, I wonder what that organization is. And I wonder what that shirt meant and that they look us up and they, 
you know, start their kind of their journey with us. Um, so that's a really important aspect of it too. I love my Every Mother Counts hoodie. I wear it all the time. Yep. I know. I have way too many shirts, more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> Do you think uh, because so many of your staff is are runners themselves, and like you said, when you joined the team or working there, you were like, what's up with this? Everybody runs. Like, do you think that contributes to making your charity teams special? I think so. I think, um, you know, it's so unique. Like we had the brunch here the following day after the pasta dinner and to hear so many firsthand accounts of not only other runners in the room, but you know, the founder Christy has run 10 marathons. So hearing her, experience. I mean, having you, Lindsay, as our coach, talking about your experience. Um, Krista, who who leads kind of the team efforts and recruitment. She's run so many marathons on behalf of EMC and is a, an ambassador for EMC. I think that sort of camaraderie is really special and I think is a little bit unique to us and a part of the reason why I had to had to do it because I had to be on that other side too to be able to share my story and to be able to you know, share with folks because so many people are like, I could never do it. And I'm like, you can though, you can. You, can. you can do, you can do really hard things like a marathon and, you know, it's, you'll discover your motivation through it all and what will get you over that finish line. Um, so I think it is really special that a lot of our team here, you know, participates in the races and is then able to share their first hand account of how it went. Um, and then you see them on the sidelines. So it's all kind of full circle, um, which is really special. Yeah. Um, and just so everybody listening knows, if you do join, um, I have written training plans that the team can follow. And we had four options this year. So I wrote a very, very beginner. Like you haven't even maybe run a half marathon. Like your long run starts at four miles, I think. And, and that was I followed, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> And because I think a lot of beginner marathon training plans are still too advanced. It's yep. still too much. It's still too many miles at the beginning. And I have to say before I really dove into the beginner, beginner plan that you did, I had always kind of flirted with the idea of running a marathon and would look up plans on my own. And I was so intimidated by it because it was like, you do a two mile run, two mile run. And then on Saturdays, your long run at eight miles. And I'm like, how do they possibly expect me going from basically zero to eight in a week. And yes. so what I really appreciated about your plans, it felt like, um, you know, anyone could do it and it was very entry level and it wasn't intimidating because I think half the battle for me at least was to get started, was to just like lace up and get out there and not be, you know, impacted or scared of, of the journey ahead because it was so accessible and yeah, really built you up to for success, which I appreciate it. Yeah. And I think a lot of beginner plans too, like we'll have people running like five days a week and it's like, that's just biting off a lot. Like that yeah. is a huge time commitment. And yeah, the more you run, if you're, you know, as you get more experience, the better the marathon will feel if your body can handle more mileage. But, um, I really think having those, you know, we had beginner, 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 intermediate and advanced. I think having those options is so important and less intimidating. And I always told people too, like, listen, if this plan you want to follow the intermediate, but it's like one day too many or you don't want to do the speed work, that's fine. You can be flexible with what is given to you. But I think having the options um, is really nice. And I I mean, there are stories. There was one woman on the team who I had the opportunity to meet at the pasta dinner and she had some random coach coaching her. 
telling her to run 26 miles the week before her race. Oh my gosh. I think I remember that story too and being like, what? Yeah. And I'm so, cause I always tell everybody, I'm like, you know, we usually do email, but I'm like, call me or text me anytime. We can plan something. And I am so glad she called me. Yep. because we we fixed that real quick and she did not run 26 miles the week before the race. But it's just um, like if you are new to running, there's some really weird information out there. And I really appreciate that you guys like make it a point to bring me on. And then we also have Anna Turner, who's a dietitian that comes and talks to the group twice per training season. And I just think it's a really holistic supportive program. I mean, Krista, the team, the team, uh, what, what do you call her? The team... Captain, she's incredible, like just so available for people. So it's just a really supportive team. Yeah, I mean, it's not lost on us and certainly not lost on me now how big of a commitment it is to not only, you know, dedicate yourself to running a marathon, but also doing it for an organization and committing to a fundraising minimum um, and really, you know, putting yourself out there with your community about what you're doing, why you're doing it and why they should support you. It's it's not lost on us how important that is. And so we really want everyone to feel supported and to feel like they have people in place to help them, much like when you're, you know, pregnant or going mm-hmm. into childbirth. You know, you want that team of and support around you um, every step of the way. And I think that's how, you know, that's how we approach our running program, at least, is to to have those, you know, support systems kind of built in at every point of your journey. Um, and we see, see the success. I mean, we're celebrating $400,000 race, and, you know, hundred runners completing the race. It's, it's, I mean, it's amazing. So would you say your trip to Tanzania is that the mo- one of the most impactful trips you've taken with every mother counts? I'm sure you've been on several. Yeah. So I, we actually just got back from um, a trip to Guatemala recently, and I was in India in 2020, which was very impactful as well. But yeah, for some reason, well, not for some reason, the Tanzania trip really always stands out in my mind because one of the visits we um, we do is at a school called Mwedo, and it's a secondary school for for uh, women and girls. And so the the whole experience of visiting that school and seeing the community of girls that um, Wado has um, brought into and supporting them and educating them and the difference that that education mm-hmm. makes in their lives and the path that they were on and the journey that their life was taking until they were introduced to Wado one way or another and how that really has impacted the trajectory of their life um, for so many different reasons is, I mean, it was incredible. And the positivity and the spirit of everyone in that community is just, there aren't words because I really walked away from that feeling very humbled, very, um, very impacted by the stories and the vulnerability of the, of the girls too. When, you know, you ask them to share um, and the impact that this program is having and how every mother counts a very small part in, in supporting it, but but still, um, yeah, it, it's it's quite special. And then to run that race, you know, the next day um, and to see other community members out there cheering you on like like they've known you their whole life, um, it just kind of comes full circle. And so that was definitely a, a special, a special journey. So good. So cool. All right. Well, let's wrap here with end of podcast questions. Yeah. Um, 
But first, do you have advice for a first-time marathoner that is maybe thinking about doing a spring marathon? Do not be intimidated by what's ahead of you. Mm. It's going to feel like a lot, but as soon as you get into a rhythm and a groove, um, I can't promise, but for me, um, it just became a routine and something that I looked forward to, to really ground me. And I think you'll find a reason or kind of your motivation to, to keep going forward, but just the, the starting point is the hardest, but once you get butt through that, I think from there, it gets easier. All right, Courtney, what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? You just checked off a big one. Question. Yeah, that was a big one for sure. Um, this is personal and professional. I'd love to become fluent in Spanish. Mm. Um, I had mentioned that we just went to Guatemala and while I was there, I learned of a program that's an immersive language course where you can like live in Antigua for six weeks and are basically just immersed in the culture and the language. And I think that's the easiest way to learn it is to live it every day. So that's definitely on my bucket list. Oh my gosh. Would your husband go with you? I think I would make him. So he's fluent in Spanish. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's Puerto Rican. And so even like this past Thanksgiving when I was there, I mean, it's basically 100% Spanish and I can His family. Yeah, I can process and understand. But to respond, I, um, yeah, get a little bit caught up in it. So I need to I need to work on it. (laughs) Well, you have a a, like a home court advantage here because he can just speak to you at home. I know that's that's where he's trying to take it is like I just will only speak to you in Spanish Uh like that just doesn't seem fair but that makes our conversations hard for me I'm like I might just not talk (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool though uh are you guys in a lot of Spanish-speaking countries with every mother counts yes yes uh all right what's the best most recent book you've read oh I love fiction romance novels um so I just read the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Uh-huh. I was obsessed with. You got to so, read all her books. I know. I heard that, and now she's going to be on on my list. I love that type of like not cheesy, but yeah, you know, very romanticized, dramatic. Um, those types of reads. So is that is that the only book of Taylor Jenkins Reid you've read? Yeah. Okay. So go to Daisy Jones next. Okay. Daisy Jones and the Six. <laughs> Um, and then go to Malibu rising. Okay. And then I don't care what you do after that. Cause those are the best three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll report back after, after those. Yeah. Cause she's got like, I don't know, four or five early books that mm-hmm. just, they just aren't as good. Like they're good. They're cute. Um, and then her newest book, you didn't know I was a Taylor Jenkins read expert. Did you? No, I had no idea. <laughs> her newest book is. Carrie Soto is back and it's about this tennis star who comes comes out of retirement. Um, it was cute, but it those three, Evelyn Hugo, Daisy Jones, and Malibu Rising, those are the best three, in my opinion, for sure. I'm so glad I brought this up because now I've been looking for a new read. So Yeah. Daisy Jones and Daisy Jones is supposed to it's like it's told through the perspective of a band and it goes each chapter and page or like pages like dialogue kind of and it's like the different band members talking. And you get to know their personalities and what they care about. And um, apparently on Audible, too, it's the different voices and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Interesting. But there's a series. I think they're eventually doing a series on Amazon Prime as well. So that'll be fun. 
Sounds like we need to start a, a running, <laughs> running book club. <laughs> um, okay. Who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Ooh, does it imagine? Does it matter if they are Levine or not? Um, I would say RBG Ruth mm. Bader Ginsburg um, for so many reasons, but especially in this moment in time, I feel like she'd be very motivating, and I'd just love to hear her perspective right now. Yeah, I think I think RBG. Love it. What is your last message to leave with our audience? If you need a charity to run for, you can run with every mother counts. <laughs> no, but seriously, there is so many. I know marathon seems big and um, is big, but there are so many distances and, and races around the country that um, we're involved in. Like the Big Sur marathon has, I think, six different distances from 5K to a full marathon. Yeah, I think it's a really it's a really fun way to meet people within your local community, but even all across the globe and, and also learn about more about maternal health and, and the work of our, of our incredible partners and what they're doing every day to transform maternity care. So yeah, I think that would be my selfish plug. <laughs> it's not selfish. It's good. Uh, friends, if you are listening to this podcast and you donated to my fundraising for every mother counts, thank you so very much. Um, Tomorrow, this episode is airing. So that is November 29th. So I think you have like, if you're listening to this today, you have like one more day if you want to donate. And we'll have the link in the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you. And just to note too, on Giving Tuesday, all donations will be matched. Perfect. And this is come, This is coming your- out on Giving Tuesday. How perfect is that? You can double your impact um, thanks to our, our sponsor, First Response. Nice. So they're they're matching all donations on Giving Tuesday. Yep, up to $25,000. Nice. Awesome. Um, we will give all that information in the show notes, and I'll have it on my Instagram, lindsayhines626. I will share all about this um, tomorrow. So thanks, Courtney. Thank you, Lindsay. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Courtney, for sharing your story, for everything you do for Every Mother Counts. If you all want to learn more about Every Mother Counts and fundraising with their teams, Go to everymothercounts.org. Again, today is Giving Tuesday. And if you're looking for a place to give, this is a great organization to do that. They are having their donations up to $25,000 matched. And you can still join into the collective effort of my fundraising for Every Mother Counts. Um, I'll put the, I have the link to my fundraising page still on my Instagram, lindsayhine626. It is the link that is in my profile there. And everything we talked about today will be in the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. We've got another New York City recap episode coming out tomorrow that I'm really excited to share with you all. Thanks for being here and we will see you next time on All Have Another.